red. It's hot now, right? We are recording. Okay. Leave this part in the red podcast. Is, red is on? Red is on. Red is go. <laughs> red is red. Green red. is stop. Red is watch, watch what you're saying, that you is. idiot, because we're being recorded. That's what it's telling all of us. There it's, you go. It's like the safety on a fire. It's the same thing. It is a little confusing. Yeah, it's like it's flipped. It's on red. Is that hot or mm-hmm. is red what like What are we stop? doing? And then, but- just so everybody is aware, Chuck was singing a lot of Michael Jackson before we hit record. I can't do it now. Though. Can you not do on, it? Not come on. on. It'll, I'll, it'll, it'll just come to me. Can you do it just, if if you feel it in the middle of the podcast, can you just. For sure. I'm a same, I'm a same, I'm a Come on. You, <laughs> no. Do it with me. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we're at. Uh, <laughs> right. I was awesome. I figured that'd get me real cute. You need the white glove. You need the glove. So this is season two, episode 10 two. 10 a.m. sober. Sober. <laughs> Monday sober. morning. I Happy think, President's Day. I think we lost all our listeners already. I know. Chuck, who's your favorite president? Um, Barack Obama. Barack hands Obama's down. your hands down. Easy. Just the, yep. easily the coolest president. For sure. You know what I mean? He can hoop. He, he just absolutely the coolest president Yourself? we've ever had. Um. I was trying to think of, remember the pound for pound, our heaviest president? That was, was it William Howard Taft? You tell was me. Was our heaviest president? Okay. I like him for obvious reasons. So All he's right. pretty good. What about you? Who's your favorite president on President's Day? I had to go Lincoln. I mean, he's. I'm a total fan. I know. Illinois. I mean, it's like, of course it's Lincoln, right? Like I, Well, and I'm a big history guy, so. Yeah. I like that. You stuff. know, you know, we're in the recording booth. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? <laughs> See what I did there? That's uh, uh, horrible. Okay, so we have a uh, do we have a couple announcements before we get into our super amazing guest speaker today about well, this super important topic? We, we got to do our typical season two, season two, episode two. two. We got that down. Mark, now. what you don't realize is that Chuck is a stickler for knowing exactly. He wants to know what season, what episode we're on. We lost track for a while, and shit got really weird. And because it makes a difference. It does make a <laughs> yeah yeah season two episode two. Well, that way, like when we catalog all of this into like yeah. a, a package that we can sell, correct? Then we can put it in order. Um, but this is again, everybody knows after the IFF Media Awards. If you checked online, we did receive our certificate, suitable for framing, that we came in second place, and we've been trying to start a fight with California for at least the last month, and they will not take the bait because they don't know we exist because it's like a mosquito landing on an elephant. They just are like. Too cool. What do we have to do to win? I don't. (laughs) What do you have to do to win? (laughs) Write a nicely worded letter to Frank Lima. That's what Ah, we do. That's that's what we're going to do. That's what we do. I don't know. I mean, California, they're just like, we've been poking them and they won't respond. Like direct insults. And they just won't because they're all at the beach. They're like, you know what? Illinois, we're just going to hang here and have some avocado on the beach. Did you happen to see the end of the Michigan Wisconsin basketball game yesterday? My God, that's that might be us. That was us. No, that's going to be we us. Are in the, California. We are the receive. We are the receiving party. Yeah, right. <laughs> Always turns into sports somehow. Right. I don't, I, sports I, I and battery. So, all right, Chuck. Any other announcements that we need to make before? No, we get into honestly, I, I I think we've said this on on social media, but um, you know, Luke Howison, our vice president, Jerry Marzullo. Our what do you, what would you call yourself today? A le- today, just a legend, legend of podcasts. Just, um, we did receive guy, second place, which the is savior. Pretty, pretty we fucking cool. We received. Right? We were in second place. Yeah, no, it, it's legit, and it's did you know Luke, Luke and Jerry's brainchild. Uh, we're in season two, 
And it's a great educational component for many of our members that are, you know, driving to or from work. Um, just again, another avenue to, to reach our membership. So congrats to, to both of you and everybody that's. What our guest doesn't know is that we remember we have the Belgian market corner too. Yes. We have an international yeah. so prestige I, I worldwide. How many different platforms are we on? A, a, I mean, a all number. A number. All of them. But you can identify what countries are listening, and Belgium does listen to us. I want to know why no one has designed a podcast T-shirt with our faces on it and just wears those around. That's an idea. It's, it is it technically. Belgium might te- create it. Technically, it is an idea. True. So there you True. go. Other than that, um, I you know, things are going well at the AFFI. Uh, you know, are at the General Assembly level and down at the State House. Uh, most of January was wiped out due to COVID or weather, and they are already had a, a planned adjourn date of April eighth. So it's a very shortened session. Yeah, uh, we're working on just a few pieces. You know, on season two, episode one, we had our ledge guys here. Correct. And um, riveting. Yeah, had a, had a little movement on our foreign fire insurance bill. We were able to um, halt a bill that extended the amortization from 2040 to 2050. The kicking the can down the road bill? Yes, 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 yes. So, But other than that, um, Luke may touch on what's going on tomorrow and the next day, and we have our ledge conference uh, at the end of March. March 22nd, 23rd, 24th. 22, 23, 24. I know Correct. that there are a lot of individuals lined up to speak to the membership, correct, as I understand it? So, um, Indeed. To talk to the membership, which is a wonderful thing. Correct. Yeah. And then, uh, as Chuck alluded, tomorrow and Wednesday we have our leadership development conference in Rosemont. We have 204 members attending, and probably so, more that are just going to show up that morning. Yeah, we usually get that, and uh, so pretty excited to do that. That's a new uh, conference we've designed, and excited to launch that okay. this year. Cool. All right. Well, so, with us today, right. I know you're going to introduce him, but Mark, this is like super relaxed. You can cuss if you want to. Yeah. Um, if you look, uh, if you listen, if you go back and listen to previous episodes, you can hear Chuck opening beer cans, whatever. Um, yeah. Usually Luke has his shirt off, but maybe <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah. We ask him. Oh, we wanna... have, uh, as always, we have DJ Silent Hype here. Silent Hype. She, she asked me to keep my shirt on today. Was, this time she was like, look. Enough. We're, we're in the enough. second season now. If She's, you could just, yeah, she didn't want to puke. <laughs> but if you want to have Mark introduce himself, and then I'll follow up with our AFFI. Because we do have specific. a second. I was keeping him. Yeah, do we have yeah. another? He's in the corner. It's ready to call in the righty. All right. He's going to come over so and take my spot. Go ahead. We have absolutely. A, are you guys going to switch out now? Or yeah. gonna, okay. We have an absolutely fantastic. Special guest with us today. Please introduce yourself for the record so that we can get into why we're here. Good morning, uh, Luke and AFFI. Uh, my name is Mark Paulus. I'm executive director of the Indiana, Illinois, Iowa Foundation for Fair Contracting. Uh, it's a long way of saying we're the labor management group, the operators, Local 150. So heavy equipment guys, crane guys, uh, all the guys out there building the roads and bridges out there. Um, we, uh, uh, we represent both labor and management. Cool. I want to just, I have to do this. We've talked about it beforehand, but for everybody out there, uh, I, I was I was quick to take my shirt off he to did. show Mark. Luke missed that. My, you, you, Luke missed it. My, it I have on my forearm a 150 operators tattoo because my grandfather was the greatest man I ever met in my life, came out of the war and he was in armored units and he was familiar with all the machinery and the treads and everything, the treads. And uh, he was the first, if not the first, one of the first 
Italian-American heavy equipment operators, like the big cranes and everything, that all the magic you guys do downtown. And it's the first time I learned about organized labor and, and growing up and, and what it meant. And that was my first experience with it. And uh, I, I, I live it to this day. I've taken those lessons in my law practice and everything. And, and I love the operating engineers. And they provided my family with a fantastic, my mother's family with a great life because of the wages and the benefits that you guys have fought for over the years. So I just wanted to say that I was a very soft spot in my heart for, for 150 because they are a very good and very strong union. So it's a pleasure having you here today. Yeah, That's appreciate fantastic. the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so I just, again, so just going to your background a little bit, I know that you just, you know, obviously the group that, that you are with, but, but how did you get here today? Yeah. So, uh, uh boy, a lot of years ago, uh, I worked in the trades. Uh, and uh, while I was working on the trades, I actually wound up working for an engineering company uh, and uh, did a lot of the work that the uh, operating engineers now do. Uh, it was kind of an unorganized industry at the time, material testing, that type of stuff. Uh, did work for NICOR gas, people's gas. Uh, but uh, at some point decided that uh, the, the cold winters, the hot days, the rainy days, the snowy days, uh, wasn't for me every day. So uh, finished out school, applied to law school. Uh, cool. and much like you, kind of sort of worked my way uh, through night school and finished up law school in about three and a half years. Where'd and, you go? I uh, went to Chicago, Kent. Okay, great. Yeah, so I was uh, went to Northeastern for a school down in the city at Bryn Mawr and Foster, not far from here, and uh, made, made my way to, to finish it out at Chicago, Kent, and went through a labor and employment uh, with Marty Mallon there at Chicago, Kent, and hmm. graduated from that with my certificate and and uh, actually law clerk for the operators um, uh, at the time. Cool. So my so. last six months of law school, I was, I was law clerk for those guys and then came out. And 19 years later, I've never left. So That's really great. Yeah. Is, they, uh, is the operator, is it still on Julia Road and Countryside? It is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a great nice place. It's yeah. a big. Yeah. I, I call it the, uh, the Starship Galactica, right? Yeah. It's like the, it's <laughs> the, the glass building. It's all it's all black right. glass right. buildings. Yes. You know, it's like you know you're waiting for Darth Vader to answer the door right. when you when you check in. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's grown over the years. You know, I was in this small little building back in the back parking lot that was uh, 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 that was where we started. You know, that's where the legal department started over there. And uh, since tore that down and added a Amazing. second story to the other building. And yeah, that's a hell of a building, it, man. It's grown. It's cool. uh, unbelievable. So Cool. All right. Well, I want to get into why we're here today. Yeah. Do we want to... Just, yeah, Jerry, just so you know that Mark truly spearheaded this whole operation, what we're going to talk about here, the Illinois Worker Rights Amendment. Yes. And he's going to you know talk us through how it even got on the ballot, like start from square one, um, <clears throat> just the, the steps required to get us to where we are today. And like I said, he spearheaded the whole operation uh, at the AFFI, Tim Hunter, our governmental affairs director Legend. from Juliet, Adorable. Who's still sitting in the corner, uh, is our AFFI point of contact for the Illinois Worker Rights Amendment. And he is you know, charged with or responsible for letting all 15,000 of our members know about it on a regular basis. So, And I, and I think before we get in, I think Mark will pretty much understand this intuitively, why, why it's so important for you to be here. On this podcast, what we've always done is is try to talk about firefighter issues, but also just global labor issues here in the state. And one of the things that we've really dr driven home to our members is, you know, it's not just firefighters, right? You can't just have, like, blinders on. Like, what happens with 150 and the Teamster truck drivers and SCIU healthcare workers and just everybody in the state, uh, we are all in this together. 
um, uh, the police side, every public works, uh, private, you know, employers, et cetera, that what happens with all of them affects us and what we do affects them and that we are just literally statewide solidarity in all of this. It can't just be about us, you know, firefighters. It can't always be just about the operators. It can't always be about 134, you know, the IBEW guys, and we're all together. And that's why I think it was really important to um, – to explain what this bill is, what it does, how this came about, et cetera, so that our members can understand the importance of this and why the guy on the garbage truck uh, and his uh, worker rights and his labor rights, et cetera, is just as important as ours and how it's all linked together. And so to that end, first of all, we got to got to introduce Timmy, who's Tim. your favorite president? Tim, who's your favorite president? I hate, I hate to do this. I got to go with Luke. It's Lee, I know, but it's a, yes. it's, it's so easy. It's because he's tall. <laughs> he's right. a wrestler. Well, so is Barack Obama. The country together. You know what I mean? Did you ever see the photo of Lincoln? Like when he, before he got, when like his first month in office and then like the, like a month before the, the Ford theater. I mean, the man aged like 35 years. I mean, it's amazing. Don't they all? Don't they all? They all yes. like that? They it's look mandatory. Like yeah. Right. Right. Could you imagine the stress? Like, oh, I've been president for a month and they're shelling Fort Sumter. Let's have at it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like Uncle Joe hasn't aged. No, not a bit. He's the anomaly, yeah. right? right? You know, Uncle Joe, he looks he's the same. Yeah, yeah. Gotta go to I, Russia now. Right. I think he aged before the president. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. what it was. He pre-aged. Yeah. Like the campaign. He did. He's, he's right. a pickled warrior is what he is. Also, I think we were talking about beforehand just that we – Personally, if we can help in any way using our labor in in um, negotiating skills, we don't want Russia to to invade Ukraine, right? Right. So I, we to a man, we've decided. If I had, yeah, if the White House is listening right now, if I, you need us, if I can negotiate a contract, Marzullo and Pulos can fly to. We Russia, will go there. Summit. Some of these communities, if I get a good contract for these guys, this is nothing. Do we, do we bring like Dennis Rodman? Wasn't he the ambassador <laughs> right, at one point me, to you, somewhere? Dennis right? Rodman. Yeah, you and I and Dennis Rodman. We go there and we hammer out a Ukraine First, Russia. We go deal. to Moscow, then we go to Jerusalem. We figure out that whole mess situation. Maybe stop at Ibiza for a party on the way home. I like it. Whoa. And call it a day, right? I like so it. Problem I'm in. solved. Easy. All right. I'm in. Easy peasy. So, Tim, yeah. just uh, how did you get involved with the workers' rights? Like, how did you get tasked with this other than being voluntold? That, that's pretty much how it <laughs> happened. I, I, I applied for a job and I didn't get it because I was not qualified. And I fell into this one because right. I had to be qualified. Come on. And, uh, no, it's uh, it's arguably the most important thing that we're going to probably do in in my lifetime for Easily. organized labor in Illinois. So when when I went to the first uh, event, Mark spoke about what it was. Uh, I told Chuck that day. I said, I want to I want to be involved in this. I think it's something that we can we can really get behind. That's all. And I want to just I want to break this down for our members because again, we have a lot of members who could teach labor law, and we have a lot of members that are very good firefighter paramedics, but you know, they, they don't, they're not as in tune to this world as maybe we are. So when we say the workers right amendment, what are we trying to amend amendment to what? Yeah. Trying to amend the Illinois state constitution. So the, the last time, uh, uh, we, we had a constitutional convention, I believe it was 1970, right? We've had that, uh, that constitution since then. Um, we've had very few, uh, amendments to that constitution over the last 
you know, 40, 50 years. Um, uh, I was a part, actually, in 2016, we successfully amended the Illinois State Constitution um, uh, uh, for a lockbox on the state road fund. Right, so you had years of of raiding the road fund, right, uh, taking it to pay for uh, general revenue fund types of services, and um, this is actually an issue. Interestingly enough, that they worked on that issue for 80 years. So there's meeting minutes from 80 years ago uh, at the road builders talking about how do we stop these politicians from raiding the road fund. Uh, uh, to which, in 2016, we successfully passed the constitutional amendment with nearly 80 percent of the vote. I didn't right? realize that that was an 80 year. Yep. I didn't. I never knew that. It's really been a uh, it's really been a bipartisan effort to steal from the road fund, right? It right. Equal really, opportunity. It really hasn't mattered who the governor is uh, at the time, you know. And listen, it's uh, uh, you know, as the governor and as the state legislature, your 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 first and foremost, your obligation is to balance the state budget. Right. That's the that's your number one objective. I mean, even even right now in Springfield, it's like, well, what are they going to do this year? It's an election year. It's a uh, 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 every constitutional office is up. Every state senator, every House rep is up this year. It's like, what are they going to do? And it's like they're going to balance the budget, hopefully. Right. That's what everybody talks about. That's like in the know in Springfield. Aside from that, it's like anything else they get done is gravy. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so you know, the, the, the really under Bogoyevich, right, we had a, a bunch of roads, uh, uh, rating of the road fund under under Rauner, right? It was a, a 500 million uh, in one fiscal year. We stole from the road fund, right, to try to balance the budget that, that we couldn't seem to get passed for three years under his regime. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, we successfully did it in 2016. Um, and then, you know, we were looking back at like the last 10 years of kind of labor history around the country. Um, and, it, and it just wasn't good, right? We're looking at this going, yeah, we protected the road fund. We amended the constitution. And that's, that's a noble cause, right? For the industry, which, which by the way, my favorite president is FDR. Uh, so a big, right. Big infra infrastructure, infrastructure, public works. Let's, you know, let's spend money. Let's create jobs. He's let's, my favorite president too. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, ne probably next to Lincoln, but that one's just too easy, right? Yeah. Who's your favorite president? Lincoln. Yeah. Um, but yeah, FDR. And, and quite honestly, uh, I joke, uh, about President Biden aging, but man, talk about a guy that talked about infrastructure and investing in jobs and everything else. And it was like the perfect storm, right? Bunches of people unemployed. You got COVID. You got folks that are, you know, to, you know, starting to live off of federal funds. And it's like, what do you do? You create jobs, yeah. right? You fix the infrastructure that we had to fix. So, uh, so kudos to that guy for the single largest in, uh, in, in aging infrastructure. I mean, yep. infrastructure that needs the help. Yeah. This, yeah, this was not a handout, right? This wasn't like, Oh, let's create some jobs and some fluff out there. I mean, this was like, you know, we have, uh, uh bridges that literally were constructed somewhere between 50 and a hundred years ago that we're now going to replace, no. uh, right? Highways, uh, uh, the water infrastructure, the gas infrastructure, you name it, right? It's, it's just been aging for some time. So, um, so yeah, so he's just, he's done wonders obviously for the economy. Uh, and, uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what time tells, right? I and look, so out of that kind of came the, this issue really. Yep. And, and just so that our guys understand, I think a lot of, uh, people, a lot of labor in Illinois in any industry, you kind of touched on it a, a couple minutes ago, but don't really understand what it's like out there. Do you have any idea? This is really unfair. I know I'm just right off the bat hitting you with this, but how many states out there are the, it, it, like a dry heave when I say it, but the right to work, uh, which ends workers' rights, right? Yeah. But how many states out there are right to work right now? 27. 
27 yeah. cents. Yeah, that's an easy one. I mean, we've been tracking this for years. And, and you know, this, that, so, the, so the workers' rights amendment, right, is, is again, like the lockbox, it's amending the Illinois state constitution. It's creating an, uh, uh, a, a provision in the Illinois state constitution, uh, in this instance, creating a fundamental right. Right, a constitutional right for individual workers uh, to be able to, when there's a problem, right, with collective bargaining or someone asking you to engage in an unsafe practice, you can say, listen, I not only have a statutory right, which quite honestly, nobody knows. I mean, nobody, nobody knows what their statutory rights are, um, but, but people seem to know what their constitutional rights are, right? You think about things like the First Amendment, right? There's very few people you would talk to that would say, um, uh, if, you, if you said, do you know what the First Amendment is? They'd say, sure, freedom of speech, right? I get right. the opportunity to say what I want, when I want, and nobody can inhibit me from doing that. Sure, yelling, you know, fire in the theater, you can't say that, right? But, so there's some limitation, but it's, but it's few and far between. Uh, those limitations. Second Amendment, right to bear arms, right? Most people, if you said, you know what the Second Amendment is, they say, sure, it's the right to bear arms. Um, uh, uninhibited, right? And of course, there's limitations on those things. Uh, Fourth Amendment, right to search and see, uh, illegal search and seizure. Most people know what a Fourth Amendment is. And the crazy thing is, in this country, is um, we literally, at the federal and state level, do not have that type of protection. We can say what we want. We can carry what we want. We can stop people from doing things, but we can't stop the employer from uh, requiring us to engage in an unsafe condition. We don't have a constitutional challenge to that. We get to say, oh, there's some law in OSHA and there's some agency that oversees this and I'm going to contact them and file a regulatory complaint that may or may not Right. Right. It's three years from now. It's crazy that we literally have gone in a country from the 1940s and 50s. Right. And this growing this labor and and growing the working people up. And we did it for 30, 40 years. And then we've kind of been asleep at the switch for like not just a decade, but like 50 years. We've been sure. asleep at the switch, and we've watched it, um, uh, you know, certainly through the 2010s, where it was like the demise of the working people, right? States like Indiana and Wisconsin and Kentucky and West Virginia, and the list goes on of places where that growing number of places that became, you know, right-to-work states or, you know, non-free collective bargaining states has grown. Um, and, and so we're, we're, we're on this island by our own in Illinois, which quite honestly, you know, a lot of people look at it and they're like, look at us, we're an island on our own, like it's this bad thing. <laughs> and the reality of right. it is, it's like- we didn't engage into the race to the bottom. There you go. Right. And the, um, the, 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 way that I, the, the way that I term it, it's like, you know, we want to take the high road while other people are taking the low road. Right. So you look at places like the South that, you know, they've decimated every possible labor, uh, uh, labor law that you could and regulation that you could. And they're now at the point where it's like, and do we really need this licensing? Do we really need a licensed electrician to come in here? Do we really need a licensed plumber to to, to do those? Do we really need? And it's like you've gotten to the point where they've deregulated literally everything. So to the point to where there's just nothing left, right? So you look at places like uh, Iowa versus Illinois, right? So we're on an island by our own. And you look at places like Iowa and you say, um, why would there be a labor shortage on the west side of the Mississippi in Iowa, but not a labor shortage on the east side of the Mississippi in Illinois? And the answer is pretty simple. If you want to be a worker, where would you work, right? Do you, do you have the protections on unemployment insurance? Not really in Iowa. Uh, do you have the protections of workers' compensation system? Not really in Iowa. I mean, you have certain protections, but it's certainly not like it is in Illinois. Do you have things like you know prevailing wage and, and minimum wage for construction workers and better safety? The answer is no in Iowa. The answer is yes 
in Illinois. So the places where you find yourself in this like shortage of skilled workers is in places where you just don't have the regulation to protect individuals. And you're seeing it now with the pandemic, right? You're seeing it now where people are saying, I'm fed up. I'm going to take a step back. I'm not, I'm no longer going to do what you used to ask me to do for what you gave me to do. Correct. So, you know, we're in this, we're in this perfect storm Right of where where workers and it's not just union or non-union workers, it's workers. What I what I keep telling people about this, you know, amending the Constitution to give you the fundamental right to stand up for yourself is it's about every worker, right? So it's rising tides lift all boats, right? You mentioned that earlier, and so you have this opportunity now where if an individual wants to engage in collective bargaining and they want to engage in uh, affecting their terms and conditions of employment or uh, against workplace uh, safety violations, right? They don't have to dig through a bunch of compiled statutes to find some law that might protect them. They get to say, uh, I've, got a, I, I've got a constitutional right against doing what you're asking me to do, or I have a constitutional right against what you're doing. That's a big deal. That's, that's transformational for every single worker out there. That's fantastic. One of the, you mentioned 27 states. I just have to say the one that hurt the most was 10, 11 years ago when we were up protesting in Madison and Wisconsin. That one was hard. That was hard to swallow because yep. they had never been. It, you just there's so many things that come from what you said The 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 states that are doing this, not only that, but just the remarkable amount of. And I'd ask you to talk about this for a second of what you've seen that's out there, but the remarkable amount of misinformation and the remarkable amount of shameless spin that is put on these things that confuses workers into what they want to do. It's I mean, there are workers who willingly buy into the Alabama, Iowa way of doing things because of the spin that you and I are like this is like alien to us, right? Sure. Like for sure. I like, couch it in freedom, uh, wrap it in the flag. You don't need that license. You don't need government to tell you what to do. Race to the bottom. That's how I see it. I don't know if it's oversimplified or not, but That's it, it. it's just astonishing. Uh, it is. Um, it, it is just astonishing. It is. Yeah. Let me just frame for a second, just so kind of early on folks understand this, this constitutional amendment. So, so the constitutional amendment one, um, it, it gives folks the constitutional right to engage in collective bargaining for their uh, for their terms and conditions of employment, workplace safe, safety, and economic viability. Um, the second part of it, which I think is probably one of the most important parts, is you know it stops the legislature from going in and infringing on those particular rights. And I'll, I'll explain why that's so important in places like Wisconsin, right? Where, right. where, as you mentioned, right, a lot of these other states have, have wrapped themselves in this, you know, freedom and, 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 and other, you know, buzzwords. Yes. Um, By the way, we, the Koch brothers have more freedom than you. Yeah, so you there are you aware. go. Yeah. Exactly. And then the third part is it, it preempts locals from doing the same. So back in the Rauner era, you might remember, he tried well, to this make was his one, push in. This was 150 that brought it that. Can you yep. talk about that for yep. a, a second? Because yep. that is something, if you remember, in, in by the way, the Associated Firefighters just won a related argument, I'm proud to say, with Peoria and Paseba and wrapping this in home rule and local autonomy, et cetera, et cetera. So I really appreciate that you brought that up. But just so that everybody's aware, can you explain the local, I think you were on the local autonomous sure. zones, that whole thing. What, yep. tell, talk about that a little yeah. bit, please. So, so the reason we put this preemption provision in here is because, as you as you can see, um, if if the state's not allowed to, allowed to do it, you know, you get the, you get the right 
or the wrong governor in, right? He's going to press locals to do it during during the rounder era that was done with places like Lincolnshire, right? So when he couldn't get what he wanted at the state legislature, he said, well, I'll, I'll take it to the streets at the locals and I'll get them to pass the turnaround agenda. I, I don't remember how many places actually passed the turnaround nah. agenda, but it was like less than a handful, yeah. right? But one of them was Lincolnshire, uh, right, where they wanted to do these local right to work or local like empowerment zones. Empowerment zone. Right. Right. That's right. what empowerment it was. Yeah, empowerment so, zone. you know, now you can, uh, you can, you know, no one uh, has to pay a due, right, when they're, when they're, you know, to a union when they're working within the confines of Lincolnshire. As you can imagine, that was, it was preempted under National Labor Relations Law uh, that was thrown out. I believe they actually had to pay attorney's fees to Local 150 at some point. Yeah. One so 150 did lead that fight back in the day. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. so you know, so so more importantly, though, is not the the local fight, but um, look at places like Wisconsin, right? So in Wisconsin, it's it's what you started by saying, which is we're all in this together, right? Rising tides lift all boats. It's not just firefighters and police and nurses and operators and IBW electricians and 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 every other worker under the sun, um, but it's all of us together in in Wisconsin. It wasn't enough to do things like, oh, we'll get rid of the construction worker minimum wage, prevailing wage. We'll get rid of that. And uh, uh, they took it another step and they said, we're going to pass Act 10, right? Yep. So when they passed Act 10, basically what it said was, well, for public sector workers, right, for teachers, for example, for teachers, um, you can negotiate now over wages. Okay, what else? Wages. Anything else? No, wages. That's it. So now when you have, and what was the whole point of that? Well, it was, it was driving at the core of the union representation in that situation in that state and saying, do you really need this union? You know, years later, we get Janus, right? It's Supreme Court decision on public sector employees, which affects firefighters and police and nationwide, and, and, and nationwide right? This is a, a U.S. Supreme Court decision, which, by the way, this, this constitutional amendment does not affect. Right. So so this doesn't change the fact that um, public sector folks um, uh, don't have to pay union dues if they choose not to, even though they're still a product of the collective bargaining agreement and they still get the same representation as everybody else does. Right. One of these arguments that seems to get missed a lot of times. Um, but when they passed Act 10, I mean, it decimated the teachers. Right in the in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, the membership. Yeah, yeah. I think now in 2022 is what a third of what it was. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to look that up to put that out there because it's astonishing the change. Over 98,000 members in 2011, 32,000 today. Yeah, right. So, so, so just, Act just, 10 worked. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It it didn't work for the good, but it worked for the evil. Right. And yeah. that's kind of the point. It's it's what you said before about freedom and wrapping themselves in whatever it is they wrap themselves in. Nobody talked about. Nobody said. Um, well, well, here's what this bill does. Right. It decimates the teachers' union. It decimates their representation. Nobody said that. Right. What they said was this is about freedom, and we need to give people the right to choose. Well, see. It's it's like uh, it's like I tell my kids all the time, right? If you want to fix the problem, don't change three things; change one thing at a time, right? If it worked, then that's what the problem was. And right. Now we got it right. It was the same thing there. See, they they tweak a couple things, right? And it looks like the result is exactly what they wanted, um, but the real result was they wanted to decimate the teachers' union. This wasn't about freedom and autonomy and giving people the individual. It's never what it's about, yeah. right? Um, it's about it's about decimating the kind of sort of political force, right, of that of those organizations. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in Wisconsin, just one example, right, of that. I mean, there's states states all across the country. Well, when I, you know, young, going to conferences nationwide for the firefighters, 
I, I have to tell you, when you meet your colleagues from other states and you're sitting there you're having a couple cocktails and you talk about working conditions and you talk about wages and you talk about health insurance benefits and, and retirement security, et cetera, um, man, do you get a sense of um, every day here in Illinois how we have to wake up and protect and fight uh, to have a fair seat at the table because you talk to talk to a, a, a counterpart of yours in Alabama and Mississippi, see what their staffing, manning, working conditions, retirement security is um, compared to what we have up here, and you really realize what we're fighting for. Well, it's remarkable. Pocketbooks. Right, I mean, it's you know, this this is uh, this is a pocketbook issue. This is a money issue. That's that's what it comes down to, right? It's when you do compare us to places like Alabama and other places in the country, right? We we rise above the rest, right? We're we're at the top, and and what this amendment uh, hopefully uh, creates is a situation where we stay there, <laughs> right? Yeah. We don't we don't uh, we don't worry about the whims of politics, right? Who's going to be the next governor? Um, what the next uh, uh, remap's going to look like, right? Are Democrats or Republicans, right? Who's going to take actual control? Um, uh, are those list of, uh, you know, by, by the way, this, this amendment, we passed it. Um, you know, I'll take you through the basic mechanics of it. Um, it was bipartisan. Well, but to, to, I mean, 150, I know is very much like the firefighters. Like we don't, and Chuck and Luke, these guys have always been very open. Look, there is no D or R for us, et cetera. It's like who supports our issues. And I know that you guys are the same yep. way. It doesn't, the, the political part is, I mean, it, it's your, it's your voting history for our worker economic issues. On the issues. Yeah. You got it. Exactly. Mark's, Mark's going to go into uh, probably how and how bipartisan it was in past, but just to touch on the firefighter perspective of what he just spoke about with Wisconsin Act 10. Um, Told you. What, what it's is a that noise? That's a Diet Coke. Oh, it's, that's that's a diet Coke. Oh. it's Monday. Don't it's, let that stop. But that's it's, also a bottle of rum right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if we look back at one of the most important times in, in our uh, career in Illinois was the 70s and 80s, right? The, the job actions and strikes, uh, even in the city we're sitting in right now in Chicago, that led to the creation of the Illinois Labor Relations Act. And I think we, as firefighters, if we don't uh, pay attention and we don't stay active, we, we can allow legislation to amend that act. That act is not a fundamental right. That act is a law that became a public act that gives us the ability to collectively bargain. Yeah, which could also over, be repealed. It could also be changed and, and diminished. This would prevent that from happening. Tim, is there, I think, I, there used to be in like every legislature, the, every session, there would be a, a bill to amend the Labor Relations Act introduced, always. I always. mean, I, I think, is it still, is it, is it like literally every Right, Chuck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, I, I, I just want to, you know, reiterate that what happened in Wisconsin is one or two elections away from happening in Illinois. Uh, we were at a, at a meeting, I don't know, a year and a half ago, uh, Mark was there, and it was talked about how the remap happened in 2011-ish, right? 2011, is that right? Um, when that remap happened, Shortly before that, there were there was a possibility that a change of power could have happened. The remap would have looked different. Then your appointments to certain positions would have been different. And we would be sitting in a completely different place today. Yes. If that had happened. Yes. 
and and to to think about where we're at right now and what we could lose, I think is worse than thinking about where we could go positively, right? So how did you guys put this together then? What's yeah. the history behind the, 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 the coalition that was put together sure. to do this? Uh, well, and I think what we just said is important too, which is, is this amendment uh, does not create new rights. Doesn't create new rights. It protects what we have. I mean, that's the, that's the point. It stops the Springfield yeah. politician from going in and, and based on the, you know, based on the, take, take again, Wisconsin or Indiana, take either one of them, right? The, the, the decisions that were made to repeal prevailing wage and invoke right to work and pass Act 10 and those, listen, those are national political wins that made those changes, right? The then Governor Scott Walker wanted to become president. It was that simple. He was given a list of things that there was the, the expectation to pass in Indiana. Mitch Daniels, much the same. Uh, and as long as you got those done, you were on the list, right? So they went through. They made whether it was good for Wisconsin or good for Indiana or it good, was good for the for worker Scott or not. Walker. It was good for them. And and I think that's the part that people miss a lot of times is this amendment, right? You're going to have to go to the to the polling place. You're going to have to vote on this amendment. It's the first thing on the ballot. It's the first thing you'll see, um, and it's vote yes or no. Um, right now, and as it stands, I believe it's going to be the only constitutional amendment on the on the ballot, so it keeps it pretty simple, right? So uh, if that holds true, we'll have one amendment, and it's vote yes or no. Um, and, and for every worker, for the first time, at least right now, we don't even know what politicians on the ballot. They're passing petitions. They've got to get on the ballot. There's a challenge period. This is the only thing that's on the ballot right now. And for every worker, I keep telling them, like, you're on the ballot. Yeah. For the first time, you get to vote for yourself as a worker. Forget whether you're a union, non-union. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, uh, this is a constitutional amendment that fundamentally talks about individual workers. It provides this protection that we have a floor. We want to keep it that way, and we don't want the race to the bottom with the vultures. We want the race to the top in a high-road economy. Yeah. You know, In Illinois, we talk about how are we going to bring business to Illinois? How are we going to attract more business? And I look at it and I go, how about a two-part? Uh, sales pitch. How do we attack the best workers, which I think by and large we already have, right? Because we have good laws in place here. Um, and then how do we attract the businesses to put them put them to work, right? That's the that's the winning combination. And I think that's not what a lot of states have have used as the recipe uh, for success. I think the current governor, uh, J.B. Pritzker, has use that as a recipe for success, right? Fight on behalf of the working people, but at the same time, this tension where I've got to balance the business interests at the same time. So, um, so you know, I mean, like I said, this is not a new right, right? This is a baseline, protect what we have sure. and ingrain it in the constitution because it's much more difficult for somebody to go and amend the constitution than it is for somebody to go down there and get 60 votes in the house, 30 in the Senate and pass a bill. Right, that 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 then Bruce Rauner certainly uh, would have signed an anti-worker legislation bill. Right, as the governor, probably, he would have not, probably not fast enough. Yeah, exactly. There would have been right. smoke from yeah, the pen. Exactly. That <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so, so let me talk about that for a second too. So, so in order to get something on the ballot, I mean, that in and of itself is not easy. What are the requirements for getting on the ballot? So, uh, so you've got to get a supermajority uh, in both the House and the Senate, and the governor, interestingly enough, on constitutional amendment has nothing to do with the process other than, right, their, their own politics play, play a role, and they can convince people to, to, to work, yeah, work it one way or another. But the governor doesn't sign it. The governor doesn't get to veto it. Um, so literally, you draft a constitutional amendment to, to amend uh, whatever part of the Constitution you want. You get it passed through the legislature. There's also a, a petition, right, a way to petition uh, uh, through individuals, right, signing petitions to amend the Constitution. Uh, but there's very 
few parts of the Constitution you can amend that way. So this is an amendment to the Bill of Rights. Uh, so it was required to go through the legislature, um, and you had to get a supermajority of the House and Senate to pass it, right? We were well beyond the supermajority, right? We, a fair amount of Republicans voted for this as well. Um, you know, you look at their voting record, and they've got a pretty good labor voting record, sure. right? Uh, Southern Illinois, Dale Fowler, and Sue Resident, Grundy County, and uh, John Curran, and even in DuPage. I mean, it was a pretty good cross-section uh, of the state of folks that voted for this. And I think a lot of the legislators, when voting on this, had the recognition that maybe it is time when it comes to these workers' rights issues. We just, we end it for us once and for all, and we give it to the voters, and we see if they want us to continue to act on these or not. And, you know, you need 60% plus one of those voting on the question to win this constitutional amendment. So unlike- So not 60, so out of all of the voters who are voting here, that pool- On the question. 60% plus one have to vote yes. You got it, right. yeah. Okay. And, and, and again, back to the 2016 constitutional amendment, we had nearly 80% of the people that were voting on the question voted for that amendment. So that, that passed with- wide margins. Um, you know, early polling and focus groups on this issue would suggest that, right, we're in the wheelhouse of what we need to get this passed. Um, but it's podcasts like this and other ways to get to workers, to have the conversation with them about, you know, one, they're, they're, they're a worker and they should want this type of protection. Um, and two, um, from a pocketbook perspective, which is where uh, we started talking about this, um, it's important for workers to understand that when you have these free collective bargaining states, right? A uh, 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 veteran employment, right, is much higher. Um, poverty rates are much lower. Infant mortality rates are much lower. The pocketbook, the amount of money, thousands of dollars more that individuals make in states like Illinois versus non-free collective bargaining states um, is staggering, right? The safety records are uh, through the roof, right? The much safer states when you have states like uh, states like Illinois than than you know neighboring yes. states like uh, uh, Indiana and Iowa and Missouri and and the southern states. So uh, you know it's important, barring everything else, um, from a pocketbook perspective, um, this is a vote yes yeah. on this constitution. It's kind of a no brainer. It really is. So who el who was part of the so obviously the firefighters? So Tim, who who else was on board as part of the part of the coalition to put this to get, get this going. So uh, uh, so I would say it was um, largely um, the state AFL-CIO uh, in Chicago. You've got the Chicago Federation of Labor as well, um, who, who traditionally are going to take the lead on something like this, right? I mean, when you think about things like minimum wage, for example, right? Those organizations, the AFL and the CFL, albeit um, it's not a direct effect on them because they're collective bargaining for their wages. Um, but again, it's rising tides lift all boats, right? If you could set the base at 15 bucks, anybody who's at or below or near 15 bucks and you're collectively bargaining for it, it's got to get higher, yep. right? So, so I think that was one of the biggest reasons, right? And, uh, uh, you know, social issues, those types of things. I mean, in the last hundred years, the AFL and the CFL and others have been at the forefront of pushing for things like anti-discrimination laws, right? Uh, 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 equality in the workplace, right? The list oh, goes yeah. on. If, if you want social justice in the workplace, form a union because union contracts care about seniority. They don't care about what you look like, right? There it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is. It's interesting. We just, uh, we looked at that over the last couple of years and that's something that it was like, it was like the epiphany, right? You're like, you know, well, well, what's the way if you had a, a young woman that wanted to, you know, get a job where, um, uh, you know, she had good health care 
and had good retirement benefits and had good health care if she got pregnant and had a kid and could take a leave of absence and not worry about uh, when she comes back or if she can come back and will she be in the same job and make the same amount of money? It's Become like, guess what? It's, it's called the collective bargaining <laughs> it's, it's agreement. Like collective That's bargaining the most agreement. equality you can get. Like literally nobody knows who you are. They just know that you're a quote bargaining unit member. Right, which is like the easiest way of saying we don't care who you are, just go do the job. Correct. And if you do the job, you're going to get all the benefits in this, you know, 50-page contract or whatever it is. But it, to your, to your, I, I kind of laugh in the last six months when you're talking about all the, the, what is it like the, you know, the, the great migration or whatever the, the, the workers, etc. Well, what you're seeing right now is what happens for the first time in multiple generations when workers actually have a say, right? So when you have minimum wage that hasn't caught up with inflation since for the last 45 years, and when you have no job protections, when your company could care less about you and you could care less about your company, all of that is the perfect storm of what you're seeing today with people saying, what, I'm not work. What is the point of all of this? So I, I, and the spin to put it on the world, nobody wants to work. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. Nobody wants to work anymore for the $11 an hour and no workers' compensation insurance, et cetera. That's why you're seeing what you're seeing right now. Because for the first time in like, since like what, the seventies, workers can actually move up their lot in life. But we don't talk about that. We just talk about labor people that don't want to work. It's like, are you kidding me? Right. You know, the spin is amazing. Oh, the spin is uh, amazing. And oftentimes um, the side that's making that spin wins, right? Because it's uh, let's pick three buzzwords and let's stick to it. And we don't veer off from yeah. the three buzzwords, which is uh, lazy people don't work. And that's why we have the problem, right? That's the, that's the, that's the spin that's put, been put on this um, in agreed. All right. This is, uh, this is for the first time, um, both union and non-union workers, right? That have kind of sort of banded together and said enough's enough. Right. I mean, you look at like income inequality, right, which is just a, a massive problem uh, in this country. Um, this is well, number one in the industrialized world. Yeah, there's exactly. nobody. Right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. crazy. Uh, and, and I think for the first time, this pandemic has taught a lot of people take nurses, for example. Right. I mean, you have nurses that are going to work in this pandemic where all they hear about in the news is it's the most deadly virus that we've ever seen. Uh, yet they haven't been properly fitted for a, a PPE. And they're, they're to walk in and then work 16 or 18 hours a day with something that's now a foreign object on their face uh, that they've never had to wear before, right? And, and so they're, they're standing up, they're rising up, they're saying, you know, we can't do this. And certainly uh, uh, people are willing to do certain things for a certain pay, right? And, and that was another thing. A lot of people said, I, I'm not willing to do it for that. Correct. Right? I mean, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. It's yeah, like- Wait a minute here. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it's like that for any job, right? There's a breaking point for people. I'm sure it's the same thing with firefighters, um, where there's a breaking point for people. I just saw the, uh, the Illinois State Troopers just put out a thing of like, you know, starting salaries and where you get after 25 years. And it's like, yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good job. Right, it's a pretty good job coming out and doing that. But again, you have to come out and do that. The, the well, the, right, and the salary is commensurate with that type of a type of work. Now, I'd argue maybe it's not quite enough. It's probably the same thing for firefighters, right? It's like, uh, and I know for sure it's the same thing with nurses, um, and uh, uh, you know, the construction industry in Illinois too. I mean, you know, everybody is willing to do work. Right. So it's not this nobody wants to work for a living. Right. That's really not the yeah, argument. Um, it's just, again, it's what people are willing to work for. Well, But also the skill. I mean, you know, you 
I'm not a construction guy. I, I told you my background. I was fortunate enough that I had family that came from that and made me who I am. But you look at the skill and ability that the operators have and these machine guys and these equipment operators. I, I know for sure that there are there are those unfortunate right-to-work states that don't have the expertise and pay the union scale for your guys to go down there and set up uh, um, shows and you know move machinery and equipment because of the expertise that they have. You have to pay for that. Yeah. Well, at, at one point, uh, the international for the operators, um, they, they built a training site in Texas, of all places. They built their international training site in Texas, mainly because the petroleum uh, market's down there, right? You've got a lot of refinery work and that down there. Um, but at one point, there was basically tent cities in Texas uh, that had foreign workers that were being brought over by visa uh, and being trained down there to then work in these refineries. And it's like, this is this is crazy, yeah. right? We have, a, we have a great American workforce that could go out and do these jobs if trained appropriately and, and, and correctly in in Illinois and for really the operators around the country, I mean, this is, it's 6,000 hours of on-the-job training that you go through. 6,000 hours. Yeah, it's three years. Um, it's three years. Uh, it's over 150 hours of classroom instruction every year for each year of the three years of apprenticeship. Um, it is literally more hours and instruction that you receive um, than a bachelor's degree. And you come out, earn while you learn, uh, with zero debt, and you come out being paid every day of your apprenticeship. Yeah. Right, which is astounding that more people don't take advantage of it, especially in states like Illinois, where it is a good wage and you've got good uh, contracts that you work under. Um, and again, at, to the point of rising tides lifts all boats. I mean, look at the non-union construction sector in Illinois versus other non-union construction se sectors around the country. I mean, I can tell you when I was a kid, um, you could go on the newspaper and you could look for a, a, a job as a framing contract or a framing uh, uh, worker, you know, framing up houses. Yeah. 15 bucks an hour. Today, you can go get a job as a framing carpenter for 15 bucks an hour. <laughs> I mean, that industry has not changed, right? Um, versus the, the union industry, which has seen a pretty steady increase of, you know, three, four, five percent increases, right, over the years. And, and the answer is it's pretty simple. They're more productive, they're safer workers, uh, they're trained workers, and they get the job done, they get it done right the first time. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, when I'm walking to my office in the loop, I'm reasonably sure that a crane's not going to fall on me. There so you that's go. good, right? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So what are you guys doing? So Tim, from your, from, for the, on, on our end for this to get the word out, what are we, how are we getting this message out to every firefighter voter in Illinois? And then I'll ask the same of, of you for the other industries. Uh, the first thing we're doing is trying to go through our database to figure out how we can reach all of them. Uh, initially, you know, on a, on a, you know, ground game kind of uh, from a political side, it was, well, let me get to every local union uh, meeting. Well, how many people go to the union meetings? A lot of times it's a low percentage. Uh, we want to make sure we can get the message out to all the union members. So we're working on multiple campaigns on a handful of fronts, uh, but we're talking 15,000 plus firefighters that we've got to educate uh, on this issue. But I I think what we're trying to do more than anything is steer it towards firefighters. So it's not a, I'm hearing that, you know, uh, all this is going to do is make it easier for uh, TCS to go on strike, right? Like, or uh, the teachers union to go on strike that, cause that's what IPI is putting out right now. Right. Like that's their big thing. And IPI is who? Uh, the Illinois policy Institute. Right. Not, yeah, not to be, uh, spin, not to spin, be, spin. yeah, not to be confused with the Illinois economic policy Institute that does dynamic, fantastic research. Not, uh, not
Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> IPI may or may not a cherry pick pick a few pieces of data that fit them uh, on any given day. Yeah. Um, but but I think the important thing is we're a very diverse group, right? Uh, we have members that sit around the table. There's there's guys having coffee right now talking about every issue under the sun, and they sit on different sides of the aisle which is fine. They support different candidates. They don't think the AFFI should support certain candidates because it doesn't, it doesn't go along with their personal beliefs. And so the important thing is, um, the, the important thing for our members to know is that this issue is not a partisan issue. This issue is a worker issue. It's a firefighter issue to protect them. So it doesn't matter uh, where they sit or what they believe, this particular issue will benefit the firefighters. And so that's, that's been our simple message that we're working over this whole year until November to make sure it gets out so that our members go out and vote yes on this amendment. It's, it's that simple. Similar from your perspective, Mark? Uh, yeah. And I just, too, I, I want to make sure there's no confusion on the, on the when you vote for this. Right. So there is an election coming up in June, which is the primary election. This will not be on that ballot. This is the November. This ballot, is the yeah. November. So the so the Illinois state constitution sets out basically how these amendments are drafted, how they're passed, and then uh, when they actually appear on a ballot. And it's in the general election. So in November of 2022 this year, uh, this will appear on the ballot. So uh, uh, in June, which is weird, right, we moved these primaries back because of, of COVID. Um, and uh, uh, in any event, that's going to be in June. So so there you, you've got to, you know, pick your ballot. Are you a Democrat? Are you Republican, which ballot do you want? You get to pick for the for the folks in your own party. So for obvious reasons, this isn't on that ballot. This is a uh, nonpartisan issue, right? Uh, that's what this comes down to. Really, it, it, it's, it's as what was just said. I mean, it, this really has uh, nothing to do with what your political affiliation is. Uh, I can't stress enough that there's no political affiliation for a worker. Just a worker. Somebody who's a worker, somebody who works for a living. So if you're a firefighter and you have a, a wife or a significant other or a husband um, that has another job in a you know, non-unionized sex sector, private sector, um, uh, and they're a worker, they should be voting yes on the workers' rights amendment because you're a worker. If you've got a kid that's a voting age and that kid's working, right, um, and, and they're a worker, they should be voting yes on the workers' rights amendment. I mean, this is literally to protect every single worker in the state of Illinois so that, again, this, this island on our own, this place that's actually a pretty good place for workers to work, stays that way. Yes. So it's not at the whim of politicians who decide to go down in Springfield because they have a great idea uh, today, and they pass that, and therefore we take this, again, race to the bottom. Right, the race to the bottom with the vultures versus the race to the top in a high road economy. That's what we should be striving for. I've always been fascinated by people, and and we have it in our own industries that that uh, the the misinformation you hear about, oh, you know, Wisconsin and Indiana and Missouri and and oh, they you know they don't have this burdensome regulation, etc. You look around when you after you get past people saying like the first inflammatory sentence and then you ask them for the couple paragraphs of facts and figures to back it up 
a lot of times they really can't back it up. It's like, well, that was your that was what you read online, and now you're repeating that, sometimes in the firehouse. That's not exactly how those places, if you're really a worker up there, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So. Right. Well, and that, it, that happened in places. When you look at Missouri, I mean, look at, look at Missouri who went through a, they went to a right-to-work fight down there. And, and I want to stress, too, you know, in Illinois, this constitutional amendment, this is not a right-to-work fight. This isn't, this isn't a fight for or against right-to-work. Uh, this is a fight for every individual worker to have a fundamental right, right? The right to freely collective bargain, to uh, uh, work with their employer over terms and conditions of employ employment, to uh, have economic uh, uh, vitality, to have a safe workplace, uh, to stop the legislature from undercutting those types of rights that right. exist today. So, so again, um, that's really what this is. Um, in Missouri, what you found was the legislature had a great idea one day. They said, we're gonna invoke right to work, so they did. And then there's a process in Missouri where you can petition uh, individuals, get a lot of signatures, and get on the ballot. Do you agree or disagree, yes or no, on this? So you can basically uh, take another shot at the legislator's uh, decision. And they did that. You know, and they took it to the streets in a real short uh, fashion. And what they did was they beat it back. So here you have all this time and energy and money spent on uh, is this the right thing for working people? And the legislature thought it was, except the working people said what? No, no it's, it's not. not. Yeah. So that's the point. The point is, is that when working people are given the opportunity to make these decisions, they typically make the right one. The legislature uh, a lot of times gets it wrong, right? And, and again, a lot of times they get it wrong knowing it's wrong, but it's what's politically feasible for them at the time. Right. And that's what we want to get away from. We want to, you know, we want to use this as the opportunity that, that and this is a once in a, a life, this isn't a once in a generation. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity we get in the state of Illinois, which, by the way, there's two states in the country that have even a remote protection like this in the Constitution, Hawaii and New York. It's, it's not nearly the protections that we have in here, um, but it's like that, where they've ingrained in their Constitution, right, uh, the rights for workers. Um, so, you know, you look at some of the cases out of New York and Hawaii, right, what things are covered under the Constitution. And remember, too, that um, even after we successfully pass this amendment, right, there's then the hundred years of case law that comes from it, right? It's like the First Amendment, right, you know, uh, or the right to bear arms or any of these other constitutional amendments that are out there. Um, uh, there will be a period of time where it's like, all right, what does it really mean, <laughs> right? right? It's oftentimes then the separation of powers, right? Sure, the legislative branch passed this, uh, and sure, the voters took to the streets and amended the Constitution, but now it's really up to the judicial branch to then kind of sort of brand this, which interestingly enough, you know, you look at the U.S. Supreme Court change, and you look at the couple seats that are up this year, right? Uh, uh, we keep telling people, like, those are as important as presidential elections, right? And by the way, the president's out after four years, or wins right. and serves Justices one more term. after 40 years. Right. I mean, that's like a, a mind-blowing that, you know, you know, so even if uh, uh, or even when we pass this, you know, you still have this, you know, this lingering then who's in the judi judiciary who then gets to, you know, go through and create the jurisprudence around uh, this particular amendment. Yeah. So, um, but again, you know, this is, this is workers getting the opportunity to vote for themselves. You're and, on the ballot. And who doesn't want to be like Hawaii? It's beautiful. <laughs> right. They're yeah, all exactly. Happy. It's beautiful. Right. Uh -huh. I want to be like Hawaii. Exactly. So Aloha. All right. I want to get so employees shall have the just so everybody understands. Are there firefighters in Hawaii? I mean, there's gotta be firefighters, you, right? Do they oh, have yeah. That's volcanoes. why we make fun of California all the time. But is there could firefighters? Of course. Like could you imagine? I'm a whole firefighter if I'm a fireman in Honolulu, <laughs> shorts, 
at the firehouse stationed at the beach. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? Right. One of the best places to be a firehouse. We infinitely, we, I immediately hate who, because right now, as we are sitting here, some dude in Hawaii is stationed at the fire station on 100%. the beach right. in Hawaii. Right. I hate him. I want to see Jerry surfing. I want to see Jerry surfing right off ship. Could you imagine the great white shark that saw me surfing? <laughs> Because you know what you, that is? That is you, you, might get, you, you know might what get we mated. are? We are, we are, right. That shark is either going to fall in love with us or we are going to be the all-you-can-eat prime rib buffet yeah. to that yeah. great white These shark. three guys would be feel safe around us. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I got to ask. So I'm, just, so I'm like, you know, I'm preparing myself. I'm going to AFFI. I'm doing a podcast. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, my only real reference to firefighters is like backdraft. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? 100% like, right? accurate. I mean, most people that are not firefighters that, you know, we look at it and we're like, Absolutely. that's it. 100% and accurate. So I do Absolutely. have a lot of buddies that are firefighters. Yes. And actually, one of my buddies' dads actually just passed away in Chamber. He was a battalion chief. Uh, in uh, Chamber? Pat, Pat Murray. Chamber? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pat Murray. He was battalion chief down. I believe he was battalion chief, but his, his but. Both he and his brother are both firefighters yeah. now, so I've known those guys for many, many years, and uh, obviously a lot of other folks too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've talked to him about like the day to day. You know, you're a firefighter and you race out to the fire, and he's like, "Yeah, not really day to day. It doesn't happen every day all the time. It's like a lot of car crashes and yep. you know a lot of EMS. other things that we uh, that we uh, we respond to. That it's not like you know, so it's not like backdraft, yeah. right? Every single fires day. are all that clean burning though, like it yeah. wasn't backdraft where you can clearly see yeah, see everything yeah. right through the flames, no problems, yeah. no smoke. Know? So yeah. No so smoke is, at is all. that the last like firefighter reference movie? Really? Has I there been another one that's so. notable? Most people reference Chicago Fire, the TV show. Oh, sure. Well, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's all Cinespace, right? That's yeah. all filmed over yeah. Cinespace down there. You're dating going with that. We sure. are dating ourselves. And don't there are they a bunch do, of Berwyn guys in Don't the, they do the them all? Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, right? Isn't that like a it's trio? A, it's a whole thing now. And then they blend them sometimes. Then it's it's like a crossover. The brought in and it's a crossover. Yes. And, yeah. They're all beautiful. They are. They're all just beautiful police fire. Yeah, my girlfriend's actually, she's a huge Chicago you know, fire for PD. obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, the workers' right amendment affects all those actors. Oh, hundred. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. They're all. Listen, that whole industry. Right. See, all, all the actors guild, and and yeah. uh, and there's no question about it. Yeah, they're going to get their asses in there and vote well, for this too. Down to the down to the to the, to the makeup. Right. I've done a lot of you know, right. different commercials and radios and all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, uh, in in everything, the lighting crew, the the makeup crew, the the film crew, everybody. The whole thing, 100% union yeah. uh, uh, for every single one of them. But again, you know, they're all workers, <laughs> right? This is important to them uh, as much as it is uh, anybody else. Um, so, okay, so backdraft it is. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah I think it's a, a yeah, fair and accurate representation. That's one, which is, again, it's like really dates yourself, right? It's like, how long was that, like 30 yeah. years ago? It is. Right? It's yeah. an old, uh, that's amazing. So you guys got to talk to Zenith Base or somebody about putting a new, you know, firefighter Do you think we could, we could do like a backdraft too? Like we could do our like own. It. I like, like a it. YouTube. You know what I mean? I See, now could. that's the way to really take on the, the California guys. Yeah. Like you start our own, your own we do backdraft our own movie. Too, yeah. And you do your own yeah. movie out of Where Chicago. Where you just here. invade California. There you go. Show I like them it. how it's done. I like it. Do you ever, I, the, our, to our cousins out there that do the wildland firefighting, those guys. Unbelievable. Let me just try to understand this. So you want me to jump out of a plane right. into a fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, how do I yeah. sign up for that? But just draw the That's, line so the fire oh, doesn't come on your side yeah, of the line. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm yeah. going to jump out of the plane into the fire. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. sure. With, well, a, my, with a shovel and a silver blanket. With a shovel. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I don't even understand. And if, and if you need water, a plane will come by and drop it. I don't even yeah. understand how that works. How does the shovel, like, what do you... 
I don't do you know. You you're do, dr- right? you're like, digging a line. Been humping hose for 22 years. Yeah. You got a shovel. You know, like, I don't. Sounded like you said humping hose. <laughs> that's that's yeah. Like that's pulling hose. Okay, it's what we do. It's the same same thing. It's <laughs> what we do. So uh, wait, uh, hold on. Chuck wants to. Uh, and I gotta share some wildland firefighting no, no, wisdom no, with no. us. No, I I just wanted to just ask Mark real quick. So. Obviously, our, there are a number of individuals and businesses and groups that are opposed to the sure. worker rights. Yes. And they have already started messaging, as you guys discussed, and they are literally late raising millions of dollars sure. to, uh, to defeat this. And would you say that we are, we workers are the last group standing between the uber wealthy yeah. And yeah, Chuck, Chuck listen, it's <laughs> again, it's uh, it's it's us versus them. Right. It's workers uh, versus Owners. them. Yeah, well, it's work, workers versus billionaires. Right. That's what it comes down to. And it's back to the income inequality uh, 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 argument. Right. If you think that, you know, uh, 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 on par or on average, right, workers are in a good spot. Right. And the ratio of supervisors to workers or the ratio of CEOs to what workers are making is totally appropriate, um, then. Then, then you win. Oh yeah! If, if <laughs> you, you want you the win. CEO to worker salary to be the average of like three to four hundred to one in right. terms of salary, right. vote no. Right. Yeah. That, okay. that, that's gotcha. the that's that's the situation we're in. So so sure you're going to have people that are going to be opposed. Let, let's just let's just say this: uh, uh, the number one reason you have opposition groups is a someone's making money off of it, uh, and b somebody's got to take the credit if they win. <laughs> right. So. Of course, you're always going to have somebody that opposes it so that if they do, right, they can parlay this into, you know, seven more gigs and, uh, you know, you know, fend off and defeat everything else. Um, uh, So so there's no question about that. But but the other part of it, too, is um, you got to look at the messenger, you know, oftentimes in this in this this, you know, everything's on the phone and you, you look at the Twitter feed and you look at the Facebook and you look at a TikTok and you look at an Instagram, you look at all this different information. Uh, uh, I've been doing this long enough to read something and go, what's that from? And I go, Oh, and then I go, what's that? And then I hit it on Google and it pops up and it's like, um, uh, probably fake news, but it's like, you know, the McHenry times, right. And it's talking about some politician up there and it's like, well, that sounds like, that sounds like, over, like overtly political for a, for a true you know you know publicist to actually allow as an editor to hit the papers where like the average reader is going to read it and you read it it's like well, well right because the same dude wrote it edited it put it up and it was all for politics right, right. Um, and there's just such a blurred line with a lot of that nowadays that again I urge people I urge people um, when you hear somebody is opposed to workers' rights, because that's what you're saying. If you're opposed to this constitutional amendment, you are opposed to workers' rights. I can't make that any clearer. There is no other way to say it other than you either vote yes or you vote against workers' rights by voting no. I mean, that's that simple. So if you're a worker and you think workers should have rights— and you think that there should be like a reasonable baseline that workers should work under, then you vote yes on the constitutional amendment. And the people that are going to tell you, oh, this is, you know, to give uh, uh, people more rights. Yeah. I mean, it's fundamentally can wrong. More, like you were saying. It's a lie. It's wrong. It's a lie. And you're, uh, you're working against workers' interests. Well, no shock that there's going to be a lot of people that say, no, actually, what we would like is we'd like Illinois to stop being this island. What we'd like to see is this little more blended. And what they're saying is we, we want to race to the bottom. 
instead of race to the top. Instead of these individuals spending money on their neighbors, Indiana, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, right? All these neighbors and saying, how about we figure out how to raise up your standards, right? How do we spend all of our billions raising up their standards? So we're not no, no longer an island. We, we spread. We spread out from the middle and out and get back to the coast where we, where we, where we need to get to, which is changing literally a transformational change, which is kind of the point of this. There is no one else in this country right now that is taking a proactive approach like we are in Illinois to workers' rights, right? We're saying we've got to draw a line in the sand, right? It's only a matter of time where if we don't, we're at the political whim of Springfield, where whenever they come up with a better idea or, or somebody loses elections or, right. or somebody wins an election, um, we we're at the, the culture, whim of we them. We lose the culture war, and here we there go. There you go. That's yeah. it. So, so that's what this is, right? It's either you're for workers' rights or you're against workers' rights. I uh, seem to be uh, one of those people that wants to be on the, on, the, on the right side of that history, and I want to be for workers' rights. Yeah. So listen to your messenger. If you've got somebody telling you something's wrong, I, listen, if somebody's telling you something's good, right? Generally in your life, you kind of go, oh, it's good. Okay. I, I can kind of sort of move on with my life. But I'm always really hesitant when somebody tells me something's going to be bad for me. I kind of look and I go, why, why? why are they telling me this is bad for me? You know, and it depends on the message. If it's your mom and dad, you kind of go, then I don't well, believe my it mom for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. if you're 13, you're yeah. like, this is bullshit. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. you get older, you start figuring out, wait a minute, why did I question these <laughs> yes. people? They had my yeah. best interest at heart. Um, but yeah, it really is. But it comes down to messenger. Though? Yeah. Did they? <laughs> Employees shall have the fundamental right to organize and to bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing for the purpose of negotiating wages, hours, working conditions, and to protect their economic welfare and safety at work. No law shall be passed that interferes with, negates, or diminishes the right of employees to organize and bargain collectively over their wages, hours, and other terms and conditions of employment and workplace safety, including any law or ordinance that prohibits the execution or application of agreements between employers and labor organizations that represent employees requiring membership in an organization as a condition of employment, which is what people don't realize because a lot of this stuff is so boring. Uh, it's probably the most important thing that any worker out of the 13 million of us in Illinois will ever read, to be honest with you. I agree. Yeah, and, and, and just to be clear, too, so the language you just read, right, is the language that was passed through the legislature. Right. That is actually what would, what would appear in the Constitution after passage. Uh, uh, there's a process in Springfield right now where they'll actually draft the, re the, the, the amendment language that will appear on the ballot. So it looks a little bit different. Now it's very much in line with what that language is. Um, and then they'll also develop the language, which is the uh, proponent and opponent arguments to it. So it'd be a, a bipartisan Democrats and Republicans work together on this. And, and I agree. Thank you. Because that was like kind of the, la like this was the language. And also to your point, there's the preemption, which again, anyone paying attention to our uh, Peoria placebo fight, under, understands at this point, but the provisions of this section are controlling over those of Section 6 of Article 7, which is home rule and the local empowerment bullshit and the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, so the last thing that I want to get into is, so this, is the, this was the language that was passed. Um, when you go to the ballot, it's going to, you know, generally speaking, it's like, you know, shall the Illinois Constitution be amended to allow for your whatever, blah, 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 but it'll look similar. Yes. Something like yep. this. Less legalese. Less legalese. Yep. And then in addition to that, I think underneath it, there is a kind of like a certified 
proponent and opponent explanation or something? Can you get into that a little yeah. more? So everybody knows what they're going to see. Yeah. So uh, so you also uh, will get a book from the Secretary of State's office. So the so the what's called the Blue Book. So when you go to amend the Constitution, um, part of this resolution that passed in Springfield this session will be also the proponent and opponent arguments. So that somebody that really wants to take a more deeper dive into like, what does this mean or what does this do? Um, it gets to weigh the proponent and opponent arguments to it. Um, they get to open the blue book and read through the blue book. So uh, I'm not sure this year because the dates have all kind of moved right. but the general elections at the same time. So I anticipate it'll still be in June. Uh, that voters will get this, but the Secretary of State's office will mail this out to all registered voters. Uh, will they get the opportunity to read the blue book, right? And it literally has the language and then- yes. And uh, it's a blue book. It's a, literally a blue book, yes. yeah. Uh, uh, the Secretary of State um, uh, is required um, by constitution to mail out um, to uh, to all, all the voting public. Okay. And then you'll see, obviously, you know, you'll hear podcasts like this, and then you'll see, I'm sure, a plethora of uh, proponent and opponent both- Television and cable and well, we're doing our part. You're the number two podcast in the country. We got that right. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like so we're we're we are going to win this. This is all of us. They, we some would to. say number we one in this. Illinois. We are you're the number one, one <laughs> fire podcast. <laughs> Maybe some, labor podcast. Some would say. <laughs> yeah. So to simplify it again for everybody listening, especially our firefighter listeners, but I imagine this is going to make its way to because we're fine all union workers things. and other workers simplify this protect what you have now and yes. give others the opportunities you have what you have yes basically that's what this yeah, is at the end of the day yes. very it's, simple well it's this generation gets to take the stand once and for all right this generation gets the opportunity in illinois to take the stand for uh, generations to come right to say uh, protect what we have so that uh, uh, what's here is actually here in the future, right? In places like Wisconsin, I mean, listen, I know a lot of guys uh, up in Wisconsin, a lot of people that are workers up in Wisconsin. I mean, they were blown away at the lengths that were taken in the legislature. I mean, to just wholesale transformational change for workers in the state uh, of Wisconsin. I lived, you know, much like you in the going to the Madison fights. Um, I was at, uh, so Super Bowl was held, I believe, in the same year in Indianapolis as the uh, as the right to work fight yeah. uh, happened. Um, so it was kind of interesting, right? I had already had like my prepaid hotel to be down there and you got like indie cars painted every NFL team color in the streets and they've like transformed the city and here I am in this miserable workers fight. But yet we have like, uh, the NFL Players Association and right, you know, all these you know pro sports players and everything else, and here we are, we're decimating workers in a state, right, by by passing things like like right to work. Um, so I've watched it happen. I've watched it happen in Madison. I've watched it happen in Indianapolis. And quite honestly, I've been in other places in the country where it's happened too. Uh, uh, you know, West Virginia and uh, other places on the East Coast as well. I mean, they took a shot at it in Montana. Uh, I mentioned Missouri before, right? I mean, they've taken these Ohio. shots. There's been some pushback. But pushback's one thing. I mean, again, take that fight in Missouri. Um, that's a fight that recurs. That was about a 15 to $20 million fight down there, right? That, that's what was spent on that effort, effort to, like, beat back the legislature. Well, what does the legislature do the next year? Do it again. Eh, do it again. And what about the next year? Do it again. And do it again. That's where this was really formed. So it's, you know, you've got these labor leaders, right, out there. you got, you know, Jim Sweeney, president business manager of the operator of Local 150, um, you know, who sat around at a table and was, like, you know, pounding the fist, like, that. this is it. We, we can't afford 
to take on these types of fights every single time somebody comes up with their own brilliant idea. Like, what can we do, you know, to stop this? And the reality of it is the only answer is you got to amend the Constitution. That's really the only way to once and for all protect workers. We've known this, by the way, for like 70 years, right? There's been attempts, uh, uh, you'll appreciate this, attempts at the legal work, right? The briefs that are filed and the arguments that are made that we have this associational right and, you know, the, they beat the labor folks back back on the First Amendment argument uh, in Janus, right? And spun it on its head. And it's like, these individuals have a, a right to, to either be associated with these unions or not, and therefore, and they stretched it, right? Correct. It's like Citizens United, right? They have this First Amendment, they stretched it, right? That What they keep doing, right? Stretching these things. Yet, over 70 years of, of, of labor law jurisprudence, they've never stretched to say, yeah, maybe they do have this fundamental right, right? Maybe workers really should have some type of constitutional protection. They'll never stretch it that way, but it always gets stretched the other way. So instead of relying on the justice system, right, to, to act for us and say, maybe you really do have this fundamental right. We're just going to put it in plain English, put it in the Constitution that tells the judicial system we actually have a fundamental right now, help further define it over the next hundred years. But, but that's what we're after. I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the AFL, it's the CFL, it's the building trades, it's the firefighters, it's the, it's the police, it's the nurses, Anybody. it's everybody out there, right, looking, going, you know what? That this, this is probably a good idea, right? This is a good idea so that once and for all, uh, you're either, you, you get to, you literally send people to their polling place and they have either, you know, the old paper format or the electronic format. They got to punch the thing, right? And you got to make the choice. You actively have to make the choice. Am I for workers' rights? And if you are, it's a yes. And if you're against workers' rights, then you're a no. And anything else you're hearing in between is noise. That's it. That's simply what this is. It's really honestly that simple. So I think for the firefighters, it's like, you know, when you're asking yourself or you have somebody else that you're having a, they're arguing with you about it. Oh, this is just going to give teachers or this is just going to do whatever it is. You say, all right, stop the noise for a second. This is a workers' rights amendment. This is something that would set a baseline for workers where we're at now. Do but, you agree with that or not agree with but, that? But to your point though, is that, you know, we, we've talked a lot, which is, which this is like the most important podcast. This is the best podcast we've ever done. I, I hope every industry, I hope this podcast, like I hope there's some truck driver teamster somewhere that's listening to this one day because it, it's, in, it's incredible. And the, the island there, Hawaii aside, there are so many islands that, that we can discuss here because yeah, you have Illinois as the, as the island with the others, right. But for firefighters and this firefighter podcast, there's also the island. Like, we can't sit here and rely on our case law statutes and labor relations act and sit here and allow these other industries or trades to not have those same protections because if those other industries and trades lose those protections and you start chipping away and it's like oh well we're not going to mess with them yet because you know they're heroes and the public loves them police and fire well now all of a sudden years from now maybe it's just the firefighters that are left and then you have all the truck drivers that are gone and the machinists and you have the heavy equipment operators. And now not only is Illinois the island that's the race to the bottom, but then it's our last industry that's a race to the bottom. So we should always care what happens to workers just because we're all in this together. But I would caution like anybody out there that is just wants to be truly selfish and self-interested. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're a firefighter, 
it behooves your wages, hours, and working conditions of employment when the operators and the bus drivers and the nurses and the teachers, et cetera, have those exact same rights, and we're not the last ones left standing because we're heroes and wear capes. Yep. And back in backdraft is is one hundred percent fair and accurate. Are, are you say uh, heroes and wear capes? Is great. Is there is there like a really a, is there a police fire riff? I mean, is it like? Do you got to the firefighters and the police? Is uh, it a, is Mark, real they all want to why bring a like, gun to work? Why bring a gun to work when you can bring a pillow? <laughs> That's what I say. Why bring a gun to work? You can bring. That is fabulous. There, the police are very jealous. Like you can see when you're on the street, you see the pure jealousy that they have, and we very try to take care of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I am married to a very lovely. Bitter, angry, and violent Chicago police sergeant. Oh, there you go. She is, <laughs> there you go. She takes it all out on me. She's nice to the citizens. Yeah. And sure. then comes home and just sure. takes it all out on sure. me and vents. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. They are, uh, you know, and they're blue canaries. We kind of let them go in and suck in some, some gas or, or you know, want to come out. But like, ah, it's not good. And then we know it's not sure. good. Sure. So thank well, you. I, it's funny, too, because it, it, based on the haircuts in here, right? You aside, who've Failed to go to the barber for a while, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But I'm looking I'm at the haircuts, happy. and I'm like, these are like, I don't know, these are, I get the no facial hair, because you got to wear the PPE and all that, but it's like, the, the, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's high and tight, yeah. baby, right? It's yeah. like, you know, I could be in a, they could be carrying guns Apple or pie, pills. I don't Chevrolet, know. firefighting. Yeah. 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 It's fabulous. Right. I, I come clearly from the union moment, which is, you know, no hair, right? Right. That's well, the, you can, but you can move so much faster because oh, you it's have all less about. resistance. That's what it's all you about. Can, it's your, your, less resistance. You Move are through. probably one of the most aerodynamic people we've yeah. ever yeah. had on the show. There you so. go. Thank you. Thank you. I used to liken myself to Michael Phelps, right? And then the whole oh, absolutely. You know, then the whole problem, and you yeah. know, like a hot knife through the butter that is Springfield. Yeah. yeah. So. I got to ask you. A question. So speaking of that, Michael Phelps, uh, 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 what's with the. What's with the? Was it the Russian skater, like fifteen years old? Oh on God, a, a poor girl. A, the poor kid. Poor girl. I just felt bad for. Her. I mean, like, she's fifteen years 15. old. She, the the trainer's screaming at her. Right. The trainer's like, yeah, I'm like, this. She's a kid. She right. can't even drive yet. How? You know can, what I mean? How is that? Like, I almost feel uh. like as a as a union labor lawyer, right? As union labor, like child labor laws and all. I'm like looking at this right. and I'm like, except when it comes to fifteen year old ice skaters. Fifteen years old. I know. And what, what is going they, on? You know, I don't know. She fit, they just like give her the sport. Like like Ivan comes up here, drink this. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I don't. I, I mean, nothing else makes any other sense right. other than that's what happened, that's right? What they happens. give it to her, and she's like, okay, it's my protein. So then, we, then we expect a 15 year old right. to just perform on the world stage but, after all this. And then when she falls, we scream at her. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. This was figure skating, right? Right. This is figure skating. I mean, I'm watching the Olympics, right? And the closing ceremonies last night, and, and this is it. And I'm watching, I'm going, like there's there's men's hockey, there's women's hockey, there's curling, right? right. There's all these a different things. A true sport. Things. A true sport. I mean, yeah. the, right? I mean, I'm thinking in this room, we're all could curlers. maybe do that. We're curlers. curlers. But I look at this and I look at like the skating and I go and I hearken back again, showing my age to the '90s, and I'm like, Do you remember when they batoned Nancy Tanya Harding? And we're all laughing you know, about it. Do you know that Tanya Harding? She got probation and like a hundred and sixty-four thousand dollar fine. That was it. Correct. It good. That was it. She got called. She good. got like felony paper. Everybody else went to jail. The shit out of an Olympian. And the more and the more interesting <laughs> fact of that story is the ex-husband was involved in like hiring the guy. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, going, this had to, had to do with like child support or like maintenance that was being paid. Like nothing else makes Correct. any sense than your ex-wife calling you and saying, "Listen." 
I am going to need you to baton the back of, of the gold medalist's for Olympic figure skating. I mean, it's, it's yeah. preposterous and only, that this actually happened. Right. And only and, sick people like us went, like, remember when it was like she was crying? It was like, why? And then I, I thought just, that was funny. Like, there's what? something wrong you're with like, me. It's a figure skater. But then you looked at her like, you, she got batoned in the knee. By some wacko. Yeah. So 30 years later, we're now faced with like a 15-year-old, yes. right, that's like in this doping situation. And again, it's figure skating yeah. that's like at the heart it's of the controversy. It's a sport figure skating, man. And and so I look at it and I, I, I look at this and it's like it's like backdraft, right? When was the last thing? Or do you think of the police? There's all kinds of, you know, shows and or movies that have highlighted this. And I'm thinking to myself going, I'm Googling this. So I did. There is not a movie on curling. How is that possible? No, Everybody, that's a YouTube video waiting to happen. Show me a person that hasn't looked at the Olympics and gone, huh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Firefighter Curling curlers take on the Olympics. Would be amazing, right? Except I want my, I'm I'm absolutely in love with Johnny Ware and Tara Lipinski. That <laughs> right. I want to hang out with them. If I could find, All day long. I would hang out with them. Right. I want Johnny Weir to dress me like a panda. Yep. He can yep. dress like a panda. I'm in. And we can I'm just talk about curling. I'm in. I mean, I just I almost feel like there's like like cracking the beer on a Monday morning. Like I almost feel like in practice, he's like coming down right, with the right. thing with a beer in the other hand, drinking yeah. a beer as he's like dropping yeah. the you know, dropping the If you ever have a thing. chance, they they bring the two of them out and they do the announcements for uh, uh the the horse racing for the triple yeah. crown. Yeah. And like both of them are just in hats like this big and I just want to hang out with those yeah, guys. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah, me too. So yeah, so I, I got to tell you that. Nightstick, some figure Nightstick. I mean, when you think of it, so way back when it was too, it was too, it was too new, right? So you're like, I don't even, I can't even process this. Yeah. But as I'm watching the Olympics and I'm seeing this Russian poor kid and the doping and this, and I'm going on and, on, and I'm looking and I'm like, why are we, how hasn't somebody said, hold on a second. We've gotten worse. Hold on a second. Let's go back to the mid nineties here when we were like night sticking yeah. skaters in the knees because they're, and literally the, the explanation too, it was because, well, cause she was better. Right. And it's right. It was pure and, jealousy. And as it turns out, Harding actually winds up landing like the triple axle for the first time ever. And right. now this kid is a quadruple. quadruple, two of them. Right. I mean, just it fascinating. You gotta, cause here's the thing. I feel like so basically like you are like the Nancy Kerrigan of labor trying to get this passed. Like clearly the better someone's gonna Depending try to night talk stick to you. Someone's on the Tanya Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some see. people probably listening, taking notes yeah. about what piece like, they're gonna clip like, out can, and make it sound like I yeah. actually said it. Like some uh, but I'm pretty sure Oh yeah, they're like no that, you yeah, they're like, that guy's got a billy club somewhere. <laughs> I'm, yeah, there's for sure. But hopefully many, hopefully most, would look at and they're like, yeah, it's the Nancy Kerrigan, right? Yeah, of you're the, the, of the Nancy of the, Kerrigan yeah. of the labor world. Yeah. I, I just want to say to everybody listening, yes is the answer. You're not the only one that feels awkward here. Luke and I are not sure that we should be on this podcast right now. Listen, Nancy Kerrigan, they're all workers too. They right? are, That's really the tie in here. They too. Also, we are should organize Russian Olympics. We should organize the rock. Olympians. Organize the, the, rock. the rock. I like it. Right. Because your country's banned, but then you could you could sit there and you could you can compete as the Russian Olympic Committee. <laughs> right. While you're dating I, Ukraine. It, it is, and then there's the whole argument about like, well, should this kid even be able to? You never should have seen it because of this doping incident. But right. it's like, the rock's competing. Right. It's not even a recognized, it's not. 
the right. country anymore, right? Like this is, right. and I don't want anybody to take offense. The Ukraine Russian thing, yeah, you know, I don't know. The, you know, this I don't want to. I'm on Team Ukraine. T- I don't want. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm team unabashedly Ukraine. Team I am Ukraine. too. I am too. Yeah. Which, by the way, the Ukraine is like the largest inventory of all kinds of you know natural. Uh, mineral uh, gas, mineral, yeah. Pipelines. That's so what this a, is it's, all about. That's what this is all about. It's yeah. really that simple, right? It's really forget about all the rest of the politics. That's it. Yeah. Russia wants control of that. The rest of the world doesn't want to get control of that. Right. It's really that simple. Right. So it's kind of like this. Hence, Team Ukraine. Vote yes on Ukraine. Vote vote if yes you, on the workers' rights. Vo- if you <laughs> understand what's going on in Ukraine, yes, you will vote yes oh, for the workers' rights. Yes, amendment. if you have any yes any concept Correct. of Ukraine and or figure skating politics of the Olympics, right. you are voting if yes on the workers' rights. If you are pro Nancy Kerrigan and pro yes. Ukraine, you're voting yes on the workers' rights. Hundred percent. Before we move on to one other topic that I'm sure Jerry's bring up something crazy, uh, there is a question that keeps coming back from anybody I talk to about this, so I want to ask Mark. Mark can answer it. It'd be simple. Uh, There was an amendment that failed recently uh, regarding the tax, progressive tax. There's other provisions that protect workers in the Constitution or uh, other areas. If this passes... Can anyone change anything else in the Constitution to affect those things? No. No, this is, I mean, this is, you have to go through the entire process, right, to amend the Illinois state Constitution. Meaning, uh, one, you have to get uh, two-thirds or a supermajority of the legislature in both the House and the Senate to pass uh, the actual amendment itself. It then gets placed on the ballot. Then you have to successfully get 60% plus one of those voting on the question, right? So those people coming out to vote, right. you got to get, you know, instead of the 50% plus one to win a seat, it's the higher bar because you're amending the Constitution. So obviously, right? So you then have to get that done as well, 60% plus one. This as uh, uh, this amendment, what was just read uh, so eloquently, uh, yeah, so eloquently, um, is is what becomes part of the Illinois State Constitution. And again, uh, what it does is creates the baseline. It says we're on an island on our own. We take the high road. We're a high road economy. We write, we like high road employers. We love high road uh, workers. Uh, that's the road we want to take. We want to race to the bottom. Right. It's that simple. Uh, vote yes for workers' rights. All right. So this is, so this the, is the only, only thing, thing that changes in the Constitution. Correct. This Correct. is it. That's it. Yeah. Yep, it's a provision in the Bill of Rights. We made this it as it. simple as possible. Yeah, this listen. You're, uh, obviously, the other side is going to bring up whatever it is. You're, they're they're going to bring up strikes. They're going to bring up pensions. They're going to bring up all kinds of other things because they're good things that sounded good in a poll. They're good things that sounded good in a focus group, right? And that's their job, right? Their, their, their job is to be hired to be opposition forces to something like this. But the fact of the matter is, is uh, uh, bringing any of those things up, it's just it's it's not only being. It, it, it's, it's a lie. <laughs> I mean, this does job, nothing right. to change pensions. It does nothing to change strikes. It does nothing uh, uh, of the sort. Um, it literally ingrains what we have now as rights for workers um, and says uh, we won't uh, uh, we won't allow Springfield politicians uh, to come in and make changes based on elections. That's it. That's it. Rely on the Constitution. So where's some resources that people listening can get further information? Yeah. So, so you're gonna, uh, yeah. So you're gonna hear obviously a lot um, from uh, from AFFI. Right. Uh, you're gonna get, uh, you know, direct mail um, to you. Um, you're gonna get, uh, uh, you're gonna get, uh, you're gonna hear on, you know, television. You're gonna hear on social media. Um, uh, but um, you're also gonna be able to uh, check out our uh, website. Which take me one second. 
workersrights.com. Workersrights.com. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, it's been changed a couple of times, uh, but we have a brand new website that's up uh, and running. And, uh, you know, we're, we're running this program, too, that it's me plus three. Right? And that, that's the ask, right? The ask is that you're a yes and you bring three more people with you, yep. right? We, we don't know what the turnout's going to be in this election. We anticipate it's going to be a little lower, right, than we're, we're used to seeing. Um, but, uh, but, but it's really me plus three. Um, that's the winning recipe, right? So if, if, if you as a, as a pro worker um, vote yes and you bring your uh, wife, your friend, and your kid who's voting age uh, across the finish line, and we all do that, um, we win. Right? It's that simple. Um, and, and if you don't listen to the opposition, or at least at the very least, you look at the source and think to yourself, hmm, <laughs> is, is the AFL who's been you know, fighting for workers' rights and minimum wage and equality in the workplace and anti-discrimination laws years. and child safety laws and OSHA safety principles and fighting income inequality? Let's just, right, I could stop there. Um, if that's the messenger... Hmm, I'm, I'm probably going to go with that messenger. If the messenger is, um, I've made billions of dollars because I'm a hedge fund manager or I've invested in the stock market and I've done well and I've taken other wealthy people's money and I've made them wealthier and at the same time, that's made me wealthy. Uh, and what I really want to do is, right, if that's the messenger, if that's what you're hearing, then you should probably stop for a second and say, does that person have workers' rights interest uh, best at heart? And I think the answer for most people would be probably not. Now, I'm not going to suggest the Warren Buffetts of the world and other people out there that are that they're out that there's nobody out there for the social good uh, that people are on that side of the ledger. All I'm saying is um, the messengers on this subject, the messengers on this constitutional amendment, uh, take a look at the messengers. And I think what you're going to find is you want to be on the right side of workers and you want to vote yes at workers' rights. Yes. Work and workersrights.com. So on all the social media platforms they can find this, AFFI is going to be pushing out more information we'll in the coming months. We'll have it on our website as well. We're going to be talking about it at our upcoming legislative conference that we mentioned earlier, March 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And hopefully they share this podcast around as well and, and get the word out because this is very important. And, and, and as you said earlier, it's once in a lifetime. And I want to go back to what Tim brought up earlier just because the anniversary passed on February 14th for the Chicago Firefighters Local 2 strike, our members went to jail to get the rights that we have today. And we need to protect those and make them there for the future generations. So I think this is an easy one for firefighters and this is what kinda, kinda, anybody it, listening to it. But you bring it up, this is what kind of closed the loop for low, right? The Local 2 went on strike in 1980. Uh, everybody, you know, Normal did. And, you know, Berwin, we had guys locked up. Joliet, obviously. And... Now to be able to come back 40 years later and put this in the Constitution would be uh, the ice, the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake, right? So, Yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's important that uh, our members realize that and yeah. push this forward and vote yes. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just looking at the record button, and I'm like, man, I hope we got this right. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Well, we're going to... It is still red. Yeah. 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 Like, so, uh, I'm just, I'm just going, thinking going... Yeah, you know, yeah. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna, we'll, we'll start our own podcast, which is the uh, intersection of global politics and Olympic sports. I like sports, it. I like it. Which would be amazing. I think it's a winner, too. It would be number one in this category. That's for sure. But isn't that kind of sort of what the Olympics is? I mean, that's literally what the Olympics yeah. Some teamster driving a truck in South Dakota going, you know, I really am looking for that uh, Olympic Committee geo-global political stance podcast. What are you saying? Oh, my God. Look at these guys. <laughs> this is 
is amazing. Yeah. So, you know, solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. I like it. This has been truly important. I hope that people understand the importance of this, that our people in, in the, the AFFI, and I hope that this particular podcast makes its way around to uh, every worker in the state because this is a. This was pretty informative and, and, and explanatory in terms of the importance of what you guys are trying to do. This was this was a good one. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate the opportunity to talk to uh, yeah. talk to you guys and yeah, vote yes on workers' rights amendment. Fantastic. Tim, anything else? Any last? And we're good to go. No, I'm I'm scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that. So there you go. Take care, Thank you. See everybody next time.